Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part two of this week's Vigilant Geek podcast, in which we are discussing everything to do with the silver screen. Ooh. Uh, I'm Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, uh, and with me, as always, is... Holden Orm of Vigilant Geek Media. And we have two special guests that we've been talking with a uh, great deal about movie knowledge. Uh, first of all, uh, we have New England stand-up comic and owner-operator of Hotcast Studios, Nathan Burke. Yay, that's me. And also, uh, we're lucky enough today to have uh, stand-up comic uh, and movie aficionado Mark Gallagher on the show with us. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So, gentlemen, uh, we uh, just concluded uh, discussing comic book movies, which, uh, you know, was was very captivating, and uh, we certainly... Part, part one, by the way. I, yeah. th- th- that, that could be a 10-hour conversation. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like three... We didn't even get yeah. into Ninja Turtles. I, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we barely uh, chipped the tip of the iceberg there, yeah. but um, unfortunately, due to... Uh, Sort of, somewhat of a time constraint. I Biological assume. constraints, also. Yes. I believe it's mostly those. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, we're going to need to sleep or eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I brought my catheter with me, so at least you know I don't have to make trips to the men's room. But uh, I mean, old, even still, old Kathy, old yeah. Kathy. Yep. <laughs> but um, why don't we change gears here now, guys, and let's talk about some other movie genres now. Let's get let's let's step away from comic books here if we can for or a little bit. And talk about a Gasp. different kind of comic movie. A, co- <laughs> a comic gold movie. <laughs> yeah, let's get into some comedies. Uh yeah, yeah. I think we all well, I remember you were talking about comedies earlier and we um I definitely if I were to pick a genre that uh, attracts me it would be comedy or um, and a couple other things, but but focusing on comedy, I think in my childhood, I'd have to uh, bring up Mel Brooks, who oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, who I you know I you told me to make like a, l- a little list or uh, li- have a little list of favorite I, movies, and I yeah. definitely two of those. My first favorite movie of all time was Spaceballs. He won me over with Spaceballs. Spaceballs is great. Yeah, I I remember when there I had this thing where. I never liked Star Wars until I, I was a teenager. I didn't uh, know Star Wars before Spaceballs. Oh, me neither. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't even know what they were. Well, I mean, I knew that they were making fun of Star Wars, but I didn't really yeah. like. I I almost hated it. Uh-huh. And and uh, <laughs> whenever I know each movie started the same way, mm-hmm. um, Spaceballs and Star Wars, but you knew it was Spaceballs when the ship kept going. Yeah, right. And so mm-hmm. I would every time that would happen because I think it was like it was like a specific network that was playing them both, like HBO or something like that. Mm-hmm. When it would start, you'd see the ship, and I would just pray that it kept going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's the, it's the weirdest thing because I probably didn't understand. Most of the jokes yeah. that they were spoofing yeah. in Star Wars, so I was just like, except for maybe the druid princess jokes, those were pretty the good. Ju- a <laughs> druish princess, <Yeah. laughs> funny. She doesn't look druish. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's one of the most quotable movies in, in my life, yeah. at least. I was um, watching clips from it last night. Oh, so funny. Somebody was talking about time, like they referenced time, like, oh, when's that? And then I just posted the clip from. This is now. Yeah, now. Yeah. 
Wait, wait, now? So this is happening now, yes. <laughs> I, I forget exactly how that. Whatever's oh, yeah. happening now is happening now. Yeah. Oh, Darth Helmet got the, the advanced copy of Spaceballs, the movie. Yeah, yeah Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. So that they, so that they like, can figure out what they need to do next. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're filming the movie right now. <laughs> What the hell am I looking at? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the my favorite scenes. Oh, they ever. just like break yeah. the fourth wall, yeah, but they yeah. do it in such a great way because breaking the fourth wall can you can really fuck that. It's up. also a common theme with Mel Brooks. <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot. Which yeah. I was going to mention, maybe my favorite comedy of all time, which I might put over Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Oh, they break totally. Break oh, yes. the fourth wall at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, um, I mean, they they smash right through it literally with the the old barroom yeah. brawl and over onto the other sets. There's some in Rick Moranis. I don't think is funnier than in anything else. You might say Ghostbusters, but I think as a character, yeah. Rick Moranis. Yeah, no, no. his Darth Helmet is his best his, role no, ever. No, it's Strange Brew. Have you ever seen? Okay. It? Have you ever okay. seen Strange yes, Brew? Yes, I have. I and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to argue. Like, be like, no, actually, you're wrong. Nick. I, I just, I think personally, that's my favorite performance mm-hmm. of his. Yeah. Well, I you just, say he was decent. So little many, House of Horrors, too, right? Little Shop. He was yeah. good in that. Little Shop. Yes, Little Shop. He was shop. almost like kind of the straight man in that. Mm. Like he was a little bit more serious. Like well, he's, he's like the geeky hero, hero, like protagonist who like, like he did like that. He has no like balls till the end of the movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it was like, hey, I got my balls at the end of the movie, and I killed, I killed the plant. There's such a great subtlety. Spoiler alert, I killed the plant. <laughs> they recently... Yeah, I can't articulate anything right now. And the, the original um, Broadway version of that, everyone dies and the plants win. The plants take over the world. And they shot that. They did test screenings, and it was one of those weak give up and let the audience win moments where mm-hmm. they, the audience did not like that, that everyone died at the end. So they reshot a new ending, and that's the official ending. But just recently, they put out on Blu-ray the uh, original Frank Oz version. Really? And it's huh. better. It's a better ending. Oh, I want to see that. <laughs> I didn't even. Great. I didn't know that. Oh, they shot. They shot like giant plants. Eat, they, there's this great shot where where there's this giant plant co- putting its mouth over like a um, above ground railroad track, like um, one of those. What would you call it? It's just like Seymour. Yeah, and it, it just like trains drive into its throat and, and they they tr- like it's like a godzilla movie at the end they're just trampling the huh. city and people are running around and screaming. That. oh that's clearly and there's better. a new whole new song for it oh there's a whole yeah. new song oh yeah. man i gotta see that or not new but you know there's another song in the movie that huh. they cut out awesome hmm. um, yeah, i, I want to check that out too actually i think uh, yeah um speaking of yeah like mel brooks stuff though like uh like Blazing Saddles is an example of a movie that you could not not do ever. No. In in any yeah. in any other maybe gear in history. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just in that sweet spot when people were like farts and racism, a little, blatant <laughs> racism, yeah. a little like a little hitting less. you over the head and shoving it down your throat. Racism. Yeah. yeah. But but it's coming from the right place because Mel Brooks they obviously hired, yeah. yeah. Richard Pryor co-wrote it, right? And, Oh, I didn't know that. I believe, yeah, yeah he, he helped write yeah. it. And, oh. that, so, and Mel Brooks is like, well, we needed to get a black guy on yeah, it. Just so, so we're like, allowed. Yeah, so we now we're it. allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, well, he was originally going to play that part. Oh, I didn't know got, that either. Uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. but um, Sidney Poitier. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? No. Uh, I, know, I don't think it was uh, He has some great stories. Poe Tatate? No. Was it him? I think it was. Oh. I know very little about Blazing Saddles. I've seen it. I liked it, but I probably yeah. just didn't when I was a little great, kid. Yeah, just that great uh, introduction between him and Gene Wilder. 
in the beginning. He's like, are we awake? Yeah. He's like, I'm not sure. Are we black? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, we're awake, but we're very puzzled. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch that when I go oh, home. That's so good. Uh, uh, I can't, yeah, it, every time I watch that movie, it, it, I think, I mean, those two movies, I mean, History of the World Part 1 is great. Yeah. But the, I think outside of those that has three, I, I wouldn't really list any as like uh, from on, that, on that level. Frank, you don't like um, Young Frankenstein? Oh, Young Frankenstein, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. Too. And, and producers, if you if you rewatch producers, it's a little slow. Mm-hmm. But just for for what it was doing at, at the time was amazing. Yeah, it, it was it was very clever, very original. Another idea. sort of like a fourth wall type of thing. He he yeah. liked to t- he liked to make fun of Hollywood a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's just, yeah, it's great to play around like that, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those I, some of those early ones. Later on, there was some stuff that was like, "Ah, it's a little silly, buddy. Mm-hmm. What are you doing?" Like, uh, he he went out with a fizzle. I I, and I don't want to offend anyone here because I know a lot of people do like these movies, but I fucking hated Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, yeah, I did too. And <laughs> I as well will say I hated that movie. <laughs> yeah. And and Dracula Dead and Loving It. It was like oh, you you. I never didn't even see it. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Really? That was a Mel Brooks one. Yeah, it was yeah. like his last movie. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's just been chilling out. I think after that, he did like some cameos on mm-hmm. Mad About You. And well, then, like... he actually probably had his biggest career resurgence when when they put um, producers on Broadway. Right. In, in... And they also tried Young Frankenstein, which kind of flopped. Oh, right? I didn't know that. I think they tried to do a yeah. Young Frankenstein Broadway play, yeah. but it it kind of flopped. Oh, that's too. Well, Mel Brooks's son Max is actually doing extremely well. I that's one of those those spin-off sons that I like. Yeah, his career is so much different from his father, but he's actually he's doing a lot of success because he he went ahead and he wrote the Zombie Survival Guide, which is a great little book. When someone told me that was Mel Brooks's son, I went. Fuck you, it's not. Yeah. yeah. I'm about to say that. Yeah. Fuck you, it's not. <laughs> I've seen that in Newbury Comics and all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Like, and it was that extremely out, popular. That came out before Walking Dead was big and before all of this shit. That oh, was like... Stuff. And then World War Z. He and wrote that and I believe he he was involved. He might have done the screenplay for the flick. I'm not I'm not completely sure hmm. on that, though. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah he's, he's done well in... in uh, uh, obviously, separate from his father, I, unlike there's another Max who I hate, Max Landis, John Landis's son. Ah, uh, yeah. I want to, I want to fight him. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> what did he? What did he do? I haven't even heard he, of this kid. Oh, he's just so fucking full of himself. He, he, I bring bring up any clip of him online, and it's just him. He's like a little wannabe Tarantino. What has he even done? That's like, All right, well, like, why do we know about this guy? Because of his dad, he had opportunities to to write. One of the first things that he wrote was, I think it was called Dear Woman, which was one of the <laughs> Masters of Horror um, episodes that was directed by John Landis. Do, do you know, have you seen Masters of Horror? I have not. It's a very there. interesting series. Uh, it's like an anthology series. I think it was on Showtime. They would take popular horror and sci-fi directors and just say do whatever the fuck you want you can cast one or two americans but just based on because it's shot in canada so based on the canadian um uh 
unions, uh, film unions. Sure, yeah. Pretty much everything has to be Canadian. You can cast one or two Americans. Everything's got to be. It's got to be shot in Canada. It's got to be blah blah blah. Canada, Canada, Canada. Oh, kind of like. But, uh, did Battlestar Galactica run in that? I know it's changing the subject. Um, it might have, yeah, because there's a lot of Canadian. Because I know they filmed in it in Vancouver. Hmm. Yeah, there's a that. lot. Almost everyone in that is Canadian, except oh. for Edward James. Almost. Okay. Sorry. Oh. Continue. <laughs> so, uh, which is great because they have a lot of great film credits that they that they give to the studios. But the catch is you have to use our resources. Um, so, anyways, they they basically they take people like John Carpenter and John Landis, and they're just like, do whatever the fuck you want. Here you go. You get a, it's basically a movie. They're like a little over an hour. And that's a really neat concept. There's a lot of shitty episodes, but there's some great ones. There's this one called Cigarette Burns by John Carpenter. It's one of his best works. And a lot of people don't talk or know about it because it's like this obscure TV show, but really good. And, uh, the Dear Woman was no good. It was like a, you know, because John Landis directed American Werewolf in London. And he did Thriller, the Michael Jackson video. Oh, so yeah. Oh, in, yeah. In Twilight Zone. He killed two Asian girls in Twilight Zone. <laughs> do, do you know about that? I yeah, don't That's did. a whole fucking other story. Well, but, you got to tell us now. Right. you got to tell well, us. I'll get right back to that. But anyways, John Landis made Dear Woman. Be, uh, uh, you know, it's like comedy horror. Max Landis wrote it. So he told his son, hey, write something and I'll make it for you. Because I'm John Landis. And you can you want to be in Hollywood? I'll just, here you go, son. Uh, without his father, he's fucking talentless. Like, uh, he, so, so his first like major screenwriting credit is Chronicle. Have you ever seen that? The, it's like um, found footage superhero teenagers. Oh, it's like uh, kind of looks like I never saw it, but it's like kind of like this gorilla pictured kind of Blair Witch Project esque. Yeah. Kids who get psychic powers. Yeah, and it's just a throwaway, trashy. It did okay. Um, it's actually uh, the movie that got Josh Trank his career because he then directed Fantastic Four. He got it off of Chronicle. Um, hmm. But that movie did okay. It was it was modestly budgeted. They I remember seeing the trailer. Yeah, it's coming back to me. It's yeah, kind. It kind of sucks. It's very like in your face. But the third act is uh, really cool. So just watch the fucking last 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> All right. But the uh, – anyway, so so Max Landis Scott, um, he has a career now because of who's his dad. And, and I, I just – I hate the guy. Anyway, so John Landis just – I mean it's hard for me to convey. Just look up Max Landis. And if you don't hate him, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> uh, um, uh, the um, Twilight Zone movie – most of those were remakes of episodes, but there was one original story, and it was written by John Landis. It's what opens the movie. Have you guys seen the Twilight Zone movie? Yeah. No. With, um, with, uh, I used wait, to be with, big on the old episodes, oh, but I, I have, yeah. I've not seen the movie. Though. The, I love the I, there's some good stuff in the movie. That's the one where they did the, 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 monster, the gremlin on the wing, right? Yeah, they that's the best that. one from the movie, Yeah, which which is directed by George Miller, who did uh, Mad Max and the new the new Mad Max, too. Huh. But um, the... Uh, uh, so John Landis wrote this original story. It's about this racist guy that is um, sent into the Vietnam War. Like he says a bunch of racist shit, and he's walking through the street, and he, now he's in the Twilight Zone, and he's walking through times of of um, strife for different races and stuff like that. And it and mm. gets to the point where he realizes what he's done wrong, and he, and he sees these two Asian girls going to get shot down and fucking Korea or Vietnam, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and I'm really bad with history. Um, so, so, and geography. So he, uh, and eye shape. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> so he, he grabs these two girls and he and he he runs uh, to save them or whatever. And and I, f- I forget exactly how it ends, but anyways, well, I know probably, how it ended in real life. He thinks he's gonna he's gonna save them, and then we probably had something like. The car- oh, his character now. ends up shooting them because he got to the point in time where he shot those two. I remember that's now. that's how the Twilight Zone works. Usually, yeah. What, what I, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty good. At, I have a precognitive power yeah. where I can <laughs> predict what people are going to think is very deep and good story. Yeah, and then and then put it in. <laughs> he get, I remember he gets shipped away in in like they think he's like a Jew during the Holocaust or something like that. I think that's how it ends. I see. Uh, but anyways. Karma. They, it's a bitch. When they were shooting it, um, this is the story. And I, by the way, I don't blame John Landis because um, they that that actor who I guess I forget his name, but he was like a successful actor. He's a name you can look him up. He's in real shit, like a lot of classics. And uh, him and those two little girls, I guess uh, there was a accident with the helicopter. Blade went too low, took them all out. Killed wow. them all. <laughs> Killed them all. And oh, now, the story is, and I think John Landis got sued, was that Landis was like, it doesn't look good enough. Bring the helicopter lower. Lower. <laughs> and, but the thing is, I don't blame Landis because he's not the stunt coordinator. Right. So the ultimate call is made by the stunt coordinator, and he's the guy that tells the guy in the helicopter, okay, go lower. Um, if No matter how low Landis wants it, if if it's below reasonable levels, you you as a stunt coordinator have to go. Sorry, can't do it. You know, unless yeah. you want those two little Asian girls dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. That'll be a great show. <laughs> It'll look realistic. <laughs> so it was a really nasty accident. It was like heart wrenching. Spielberg of all people, he produced the movie and he directed one of the segments. <laughs> like they were debating whether or not to put it out, but there was all this this money from the studio. Like you have to release this movie. You can't just tr- sure can it. You can't. Yeah. Right. Um. So they, with clever editing, figured a way to end the thing. But yeah, that's that's how. I don't know how we got to that, but <laughs> comedy. Nathan, tell us more about comedy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, no, like, I, I, I am learning a lot today, though. This is great. Um, no, I, I just, I was just trying to think of different movies like that I grew up with, and like different, like little subgenres of comedy. No, so, all the Python uh, like, movies. I was by just the gonna way. say Monty yeah. Python. Yep. Good, um, good. I was just gonna get into that, and my favorite of those is Meaning of Life. Really? Yeah. Me, I, me too, hands down. Because I'm on the fence between down. Life of Brian and Holy Grail. Yeah. Those, I mean, Holy Grail is, I think, the one that most people would Bring say. Bring out your dead. <laughs> I, I think my. my between uh, those two, they get so brain. much just incredibly, really smart writing. Right. Between the two of those. I, I, I think I like. Life of Brian probably made me, like, certain jokes made me laugh harder. Mm. But I think there's a vast majority of better jokes in Holy Grail. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I would I would probably agree with that. But I, I think why I personally liked Meaning of Life so much is because it was more like a sketch comedy. It was more like yeah. Flying Circus. Oh yeah, yeah. The, so, didn't they always say something? They were like, so and weird. on to the next whatever. Like at yeah. the end of each segment, didn't they say something like that? Oh, like um, I'm trying to think. John Cleese. Yeah, like now for something completely different. Yes, yeah, that kind of yes. Thing, yeah. Oh, for something completely different. 
I I agree. And like, Michael Palin would come in and be like, "Oh, this sketch is over." Like, yeah, you know, yeah. This is ridiculous. And it's they they're great for that because early on they realize it's really More hard to end a wall, sketch. So. Sketches are all about a premise and uh, just like a joke when you're doing stand up, like you have a premise, you tag the shit out of mm-hmm. it, you move on to the next joke. With a sketch, though, you need to conclude it because mm-hmm. it's kind of a mini story. Yeah. And so it's like, but it's a sketch. It's five minutes long. Like, you can't have a three-act structure for this. So how how are we really going to end this? And mm-hmm. Python's like, you just do. You just stop. <laughs> you know? Welcome to the middle of the show. What yeah. was that? Wasn't that in Meaning of in, Life? In the movie, yeah. That's the the guy with the long, like, Dr. <laughs> yeah. Seuss character. And that's why I love that one because it's so weird. It's so bizarre oh, it's what crazy. they do with it. Yeah. yeah and they find the fish. Yeah. Find the fish. Yeah. <laughs> a fish. A fish. A fishy. Ooh. <laughs> it's just some guy with like, like double long arms, like two elbows. Yeah. I, and it's just like the most bizarre <laughs> thing. It's so it's funny. Cra- it's crazy that it got made and it'll yeah. never happen again. Right. I, I, and that's I the type it. of movie I like. I'm like, in no other time with this. Like what yeah. I was saying about Blazing Saddles. Yeah. If it were after that, people would be too sensitive. Uh, if it were before that, people would be offended because like they they were like... Making fun of racism, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> when people were actually racist, so it's like that perfect time where that movie was made that it'll never be made or be successful again. Yeah, well, I think only because uh, studios just aren't as mm-hmm. experimental as they used to be, so you can't you can't um, pitch something that crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why they like the. That's why comic movies are so big right now. Is they're proven properties, yeah. commodities. They've already made money. They already have an audience built mm-hmm. in. All you need to do is just kind of fill in the cookie cutter and freaking bake mm-hmm. it, three fifty for twenty minutes, and then yeah, yeah. Take and it then out. they get all that source material to fall back on of things that have already been written in the graphic novel medium. Yeah, you know, so it's a mm-hmm. lot different. So. Yeah, but the uh, I. It's funny whenever you talk about Python, it always that debate always comes up. Like it turns into a battle of like which, which movie's one's better. The best, yeah. But bottom line, these well, guys e- everyone's made some got gold. their own favorite. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, yeah, no. It's just like I always see that argument of like, well, here's why um, uh, the uh, meaning of life is better than than uh, Holy Grail or whatever. It's like, well, stop it, everyone, stop. These movies are all amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all good. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. fine. You don't need to really go all uh, nitpicky about it. Uh, but there's the thing I love about meaning life. Meaning of life is a social commentary. Like almost every sketch is just social commentary. Mm-hmm. The beginning um, Terry Gilliam film, the uh, accountancy oh, yeah, <laughs> with yeah, the pirates that. and all that, yeah. which was uh, like a short film in itself, right? Yeah, and, and um, the uh, every sperm is sacred. Yep, and just the American tourists. The I, I love oh, their death yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And the, it, <laughs> Uh, well, this really put a damper on the evening, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love their idea of how Americans sound. <laughs> how is it that we all died at the same time? Yeah. It's just like a very... Sl- I love the timing in it of just like he's turning around and he's deaf and he's just going, The Salmon Moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also they have that kind of Liberace parody at, yeah. at the end of it where um, it's Christmas in Heaven. Yeah. I love that. I listen to it's so silly. songs from that movie all the time. Yeah, that had some of the best songs. Easily. Um, in in terms of uh Isn't comedies. awfully nice to have a penis? Oh yeah. It's good. <laughs> Isn't nice to have a dong. Yeah. It's uh, divine to have a dick. It's divine to have a stiffy. It's oh yeah, that's it. Dick. 
I don't from know. the world's biggest pageant to the world's biggest prick. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so Monty Python, we covered. It's good. Um, I would say I, I also put some weird ones in my my little my m- mental list there. Uh-huh. Uh, aside from like Mel Brooks and Python, I had uh, a, I think uh, one that just I really liked was a, a more recent one, The Invention of Lying. Did you see that? No, I know that's um, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. I, I never saw it because hmm. I remember when it came out. I wasn't a big Gervais fan, not because I was avoiding him, mm-hmm. but just because he, I hadn't he stumbled upon him yet. Well, I never. I was like never a big fan of Ricky Gervais in general. Like I, I, I think one way no. or the other about him. But well, it came with a lot of hype. I guess like he was part of the original Office. The yeah, yeah. Version. yeah. But that movie, I don't know. I just it was it was very interesting idea and like. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's a great premise. Cool. Um, just never happened to see it, but I would watch it. I think it's a great yeah, premise. It's a cool movie. Um, and I had another one that I wanted. Do you have any? Do you have any favorites that I didn't mention? Uh, well, no. These are all great classic comedies. One of my favorite comedies of all time is The Burbs. Oh, I, that's a great one. I love yeah, The Burbs. I can watch The classic. Burbs. It might be my favorite comedy. <laughs> I, I Steve Martin it. in that? Uh, no, no, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Ah, Tom Carrie Hanks. Fisher. Oh yeah, yeah, Carrie and Fisher. she's great and, uh, in it. Uh, Rick, Rick, uh, I always fuck up his name, but we were talking about Blank Check earlier. Rick Dukeman or Dokuman, or, um, he he was the limo driver in Blank Check. Right. Uh, he's a great like. Uh, he was in a few other Joe Dante movies. Uh, he, sh- Blank Check wasn't a Joe Dante movie, but he showed up in Gremlins too. He was like a, a security guard that sees one of the Gremlins uh, up in the ceiling. That's that's like, in its uh, cocoon. Um, huh. He uh, he he played. God, what the fuck is the character's name? Um, is it the, he, is he the, the neighbor guy. Yeah, the chubbier guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he is a it. fucking comic genius. He's <laughs> so, he's so good in that. Like, he thinks he's like a special ops army guy, and he's up on the roof. Well, that's the, the other guy. That's, that's, um, oh, oh, okay. That's what's his name? Uh, he's a big actor. Yeah. Uh, Dern, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? Yeah. Uh, uh, what's he? He's like Hans. Nice Christian name, Hans Christian Anderson. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so much in that movie. There's so much good subtle humor. That movie is a great example of like. There's a, a problem I have with modern comedies is it's just someone saying fucking stand up. Like right. uh, uh, Judd Apatow kind of started that. Like I, I saw that Trainwreck movie, mm-hmm. and and it's just she's hilarious. I love Amy Schumer, but it's most of the movie is just her like. You look like this, or here's me riffing on this, and but Burbs is fucking. It's funny because of the characters and the story. Yeah, that's what I love about a good comedy. The writing itself, like, yeah. like Office Space, is it? You know, it's it's not like someone being a stand-up. It's it's uh, which is another great comedy. Um, Office Space, it's, yeah, it's timeless. Uh, one of uh, my one of my all-time favorite comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. if you could go ahead and uh, come in on Saturday, that oh, would yeah. that yeah. would be <laughs> that'd be great. It, it, is, it, it is like a quintessential, like it's an iconic '90s film, like kind of ex- yeah. just ex- well. It, the it really touches a nerve, like because a lot of people live that life, right? And that's why it's such a cult hit. Mm, it's brilliant because uh, this is like these are like this shows how unreal reasonable it is, and like this is like like what people like. This is how people live. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and they even make they make the point in that movie too. It's like people are not meant to sit in cubicles like this and, yeah. and, and crunch numbers all day. That's not what humans were meant to do in this life. And that's I think that's like the underlying uh, theme to that movie, if there is one uh, for, for yeah. certain. Yeah, I mean the guy stops trying and doesn't do anything. He's mm. totally hypnotized, and all of a sudden they're they're like. We don't think you're challenged enough. That's why you haven't really been putting out work. You know yeah. what? You deserve a raise and a promotion. <laughs> He's showing up to work in flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt. He's like <laughs> gutting fish with on his TPS reports that yeah. he's doing. Yeah, that first conversation he has with uh, Jennifer Aniston when he's just like, "I don't like it. I don't think I'm gonna go." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "How how will you pay the bills?" He's like, "You know, bills." I never liked paying bills. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do that either. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the original uh, animation that, yeah. that was based on? Was that on um, Saturday Night Live? It was. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was based off of what's Mike his Judge. face? Mike Judge. Yeah, um, who, who wrote and directed it. Milton. Yeah, yeah it was Milton. Milton, yeah. 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 It's called he, Office he, he I'm going to set the building on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the, he, the, you know what's so cool? I've, I've listened to Mike Judge talk about his early animation days, and he... Um, he made that in this was uh, it bums me out when you hear about this because he just he made these animations by himself in in his basement and he had like office jobs and stuff like that he he actually um ha- has like a um he has a degree in something that's like fucking the guy that made Beavis and Butthead is is you know i i forget what it en- engineering or something like that <laughs> really but <laughs> um he uh he made these animations just for fun, and then he would just like call people up and say, "Hey, can I can I just like sell this to you?" And that's basically how he sold that to Saturday Night Live. And um, Lauren Michaels would call him, Lauren mm-hmm. Michaels, not like twenty people below Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Lauren Michaels, hey, Mike Judge, guy in the fucking middle of nowhere in his basement, yeah. can you make me another one? Wow. Because it was the Wild West, but it, it was also, it was like the people who were in the industry, mm-hmm. all the basic, all, all of entertainment were there because they loved it. If mm-hmm. you were doing stand-up, it was because you loved stand-up. It wasn't because you want you wanted a sitcom. Or you wanted to make money. Um, and, and that obviously happened, and this was kind of like on the cusp of that era right. like the, in the 80s, like, um, but if if you were uh, you know if you were like a filmmaker, it wasn't because your mommy and daddy put you through film school. It was because you're passionate about movies and you fucking found a way in there. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, just you know, just like people on SNL, like they was like they were passionate about sketch comedy. Right. Uh, they were they didn't fucking go to improv Boston and whatever. Like all yeah, these, oh, yeah. It, it, and it was like that was the last generation of that. Yeah, After, and they hired a lot of stand-ups back then, too. Yeah, then they started 90s, fucking hiring people straight out of Harvard to write Yeah, just because they went to Harvard, and it's like, yeah. this, how, that was is the that, end how is that a comedy credit? Yeah, it's that not, was the fucking it was end not, of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's, well, it bums me out, because you you know, you know see a lot of people who, my opinion, like maybe they're capable, technically mm-hmm. capable, of being able to work in all these fields, but they're not, um, do they deserve it? Do they don't? They, these are people who don't truly understand what something is when it's funny. Like, yeah, they don't understand yeah. what funny is. Like what or, earning a laugh is. Uh, yeah, means but, like the comic book industry. Job. There, there was a time in the comic book industry you could just you could walk into Marvel. You just walk in. Hey, look and Imagine show them that. your portfolio. Imagine that. And, and it was because 
there's no money, especially then. There's no money in writing and, and drawing comics. So you did it because you loved it. Like people like Jack Kirby and, and the creators of Superman, Joel uh, Schuster, and I mean, uh, I, yeah, Joel Schuster and, and, and uh, uh, Siegel, uh, Jerry Jerry Siegel. Yep. Yeah. They, they fucking just at the end of their life, they got a little bit of money, but they basically died hungry. Yeah, they, they were you know, two young Jewish kids who got bullied in school and they, they came up with the idea of Superman like what if there's yeah. this all powerful hero that can do anything and, and you know why but a man that can deflect bullets because I forget which one Siegel or Schuster fucking dad got shot in a, in a convenience store he gets shot by a random just a random mugger like a you know 1930s or 1920s mugger no, you, no you shit his, hey give me all the groceries see and it sh- fucking shot the guy uh. and, and then he's like what if someone uh Got hit by bolts and lived. It was like Jesus. Like, <laughs> wow, it's amazing true. what inspires some of the greatest yeah. stories in American pop culture. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, I never knew that. Um, cool. I, I'm distracting us again. But <laughs> no, no, no th- <laughs> this I, this is good. I I, w- I wanted to say that that my two uh, times I've laughed hardest in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. The two times I remember. Um, South Park, Uncle Fucker. Oh, <laughs> that's a great. I was like p- pissing myself. Like I, it hurt. That should be in my uh, top movie. Oh yeah, it's a great. Um, unbelievable. Great, yeah. Great. Just like Beavis and Butthead do America, amazing uh, TV to movie spinoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. The uh, um, that I saw that in the theater, and I again, like I, I should have brought to a hospital. <laughs> that so Uncle Fucker. The whole movie's yeah. funny, but Uncle Fucker. I think Blame it, Canada won like a Grammy or it was, something. That it was year. nominated for Best Song in the uh-huh. uh, Academy Awards. It lost to Tarzan, <sighs> Phil Collins. It, because uh, think, get oh, this. Oh yeah, because they made fun of Phil. Is Collins Is that for why? Years yeah. After that. yeah, that's why they kept making fun of Phil Collins. Tarzan, <laughs> yeah. a Disney movie. The Academy Awards has always been on ABC, which is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, yeah. fuck you guys. Like that song, no one remembers that song. Everyone remembers Blame Canada. You guys sing me the Tarzan song right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tarzan, <laughs> swinging around. Oh, 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 yeah. That was, that was pretty much it. Oh, Tarzan. Yeah. Uh, the second time, there's three. I remember the, George of the Jungle, but not yeah, Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> the second uh, time I, I've laughed, like, equally as hard was in The Other Guys with Will Ferrell when. They're, I love that movie, and it's such an underrated yeah, comedy. It is movie. when, when um, he's he's hiding, he's like hiding from like he's like laying low, Will Ferrell, but he wants to talk to his wife, but he can't go into the house. So they they have his wife's grandmother go back and forth, so she'll come out to the bushes, and he'll be like. Tell her that I said it. And she'll go back. He says that he loves you and that he misses you. And then she's like, well, tell him I said it. And it goes back. And then she, it goes back and forth. And then she you know, starts saying dirty stuff to her. And she's like, no, I don't want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, just say it. And it cuts to her slowly. But she's a very believable old lady. Oh, yeah. Just pushing the walker slowly and gets over to Will Ferrell and then she says all these sexy things to Will Ferrell and she's like, I'm uncomfortable saying these things. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking in tears. Yeah, that and, was such a good scene. The, the, the other time that I've laughed hardest in, in the movie theater was in Team America, another train yeah, another Parker and Matt yeah. Stone when, when uh, the puppet's throwing up. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Fucking throws up for it. it throws up so much. That was big. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> like this building just shook from the motorcycle. Yeah, from the motorcycle. 
the uh, the puppet was throwing up so much that it was running out of vomit, and it was just like aerosol spray coming out of his mouth while the puppeteers were just shaking it. <laughs> it's just something about I was just dying. Uh, another ridiculous, uh, like. I don't really like a lot of newer comedies. They're like, all bad. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> not good. <laughs> but, no, there are no good comedies for the past. And if they are good, they go under the radar. Like, Conventional Lying, I think, went under the radar a lot. Yeah. And MacGruber. I don't know if there's a thing. No, that's fine. Uh, MacGruber was another oh, one that I loved. Oh, yeah. One of I the love best comedies of the last I decade. I haven't seen it, uh, but obviously see uh, it, yeah. a parody of MacGyver, I assume. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and loosely. SNL. Very loosely. Yeah, loosely, SNL yeah. inspired. Yeah, SNL oh, oh, skit. Oh, was, was it an SNL skit? Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the fact that that movie was made is the joke already. Because right. the skit is literally, it's like a, what, 10-second skit? Yeah, it's like one of the shortest sketches, yeah. but it's, it was a popular Yeah, series, it was very but, popular. Yeah. But it was just MacGruber, there would be a bomb about to detonate, and then someone would say something ridiculous, and, and then the bomb would blow up. <laughs> and it's the dumbest sketch it's like fucking 10 seconds long and they're like what if we made a future film out of that <laughs> and, and everyone's like you, you you can't do that it's like no it's funny that they're even saying it you know yeah. like that's funny and it's great it's so it, funny yeah it, it's and every uh, it, it kind of make you love it because it makes it's like a spoof on 90s action films oh yeah yeah like 80s and 90s action films like every time the uh there's an explosion it just goes Wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a panther. Uh, there's there's a there's a great gag like they they really um comment on a lot of the the 80s action movies that in my opinion were almost horror movies. The way like like Die Hard two, the way that he kills some of those people is yeah. is like the way Jason would kill people in, in Friday the Thirteenth. Like he takes an icicle to a guy's fucking eyeball, and, and there's um. There's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where terrorists take over an ice skating rink. And oh, God. No, that was like they take over like the a Pittsburgh Penguins game. Yeah, yeah, it's a game. It's a whole game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there's, there's a fucking – it's very violent. There's a scene in that movie where a Zamboni comes rolling towards the police and, and it's got chopped up body parts that are shooting out of it. <laughs> they, they, they really comment on that in MacGruber. Like there, there's a scene – well, he rips a bunch of people's throats out. Yeah, that's <laughs> his thing. Yeah, he rips people's – rip some throats. <laughs> there's this great scene rip where – some throats. He like <laughs> – Breaks into this facility where he kills all these bad guys, and there's there's a scene where um, uh, someone opens up a door, and there's like this all this shit is rigged like way over the top. Like I, a um, Dixie cup spills, and a little bit of water sprinkles. It doesn't even hit the guy. Yeah, it just like it lands right in front of him. And then right above him is a sign, I think written in blood, that says "You're all wet." <laughs> and, and there's like one of the people that he killed is all strung up so he's like flipping he's flipping off the the guy that just opened up the door and i didn't know this until i listened to the audio commentary yeah. but the um his his toes are taped down so his middle toe is also <laughs> <laughs> so you need to see that movie. I'll, I'll watch it with you because it's yeah, it's so that's a must see. I can already tell. Yeah, oh yeah, man, that's just like one it. scene of the. Fun- <laughs> it's, it's very good. <laughs> and the sex scenes are the funniest thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, Ugh. yeah, He's just making like awful sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that's so good. 
Will Forte, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, and, um, he's so funny. Uh, the the um, Last Man. Well, I can't think of his. But that's a great show. Yeah. But uh, the villain in, in MacGruber is uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I have yeah. to see this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and there's like five wrestlers in the beginning of it. Like Chris yeah. Jericho's <laughs> yeah. in it. And, awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to put that on the to-do list. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we can talk about another genre if you want, I think. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I don't know. I just want to get my favorite comedy movie out. I really right. only have one favorite comedy movie. Comedy movies are weird because it's just like, I, they usually show up, I watch them, and then I enjoy them. And then I move on to something else, and none of them really stick in my mind. Except for The Big Lebowski. The, yeah. The, the Big Lebowski is so well-written. There's, it's like, I could probably quote it for days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that accidental yeah, hero kind of story. Yeah, I mean, it's not really, it's like the, it's, it's kind of a, like a silly plot. The movie's great, but the whole plot is, is they mistaken him for someone else. They break yeah. into his apartment. Then they find out it's not him, so they piss on his rug. And everything <laughs> that, and then everything that happens afterwards in that movie is just consequences and events that come about because he was mistaken for somebody else and someone pissed on his rug. That it's that's such a um a big theme in almost all of the Coen brothers movies where it's somebody's idiocy that drives the plot. Um because like that movie is just him, he's this completely innocent guy. He just wants to return he he wants money back for his rug. So he he just this, wants his rug back. <laughs> and, he, and he gets drawn into this vast conspiratorial universe and like the same thing happened in Burn After Reading. Oh yeah, Have you ever yeah, seen yeah. That? I and saw that. The the was same that another Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, it was like the same type. Same of thing. thing. Yeah. And, and um, Fargo. If that guy wasn't was such a say, fucking idiot, that <laughs> I was going to say Fargo is one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, crime crime dramas, technically, yeah. but also kind of a comedy in some yeah, ways. Yeah, a dark very comedy, dark, very dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Raising Keep Arizona going. is also very. Oh yeah. You know, it it has that same kind of. Um, Deal. Like, yeah, yeah. You, they just get involved in a way bigger. It's an idiot that gets mixed <laughs> up in this big world. Right. That they, you know, almost really like have uh, any reason to be there. Almost like that Bill Murray movie, uh, The Man That Knew Too Little. Very uh, underrated Murray movie. One of yeah. his best performances. I <laughs> love that movie. Bill Murray just plays like the whole, uh, you know. Uh, I can't think of the right word, but he's just so like oblivious to everything going yeah. on around him, and he's all—he's yeah. part of this giant like uh, espionage uh, yeah. type of deal that's going on. I, I, I love that movie. It's, it's like, a lot like Tropic Thunder. They, yeah. they think they're in a movie. He thinks he's in a reality show. Exactly. And yeah. so he's just like all these actual spies are coming after him, and he's holding bombs and stuff. He's just like, no, oh, this is great. <laughs> he just has no idea that what, how deep everything is that he's involved in. The man that knew too little. I love that flick. Um, the Big Lebowski. You got a couple others there on your list there. Um, also, Mall Rats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mal, yeah. I think that's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. He's, I mean, he's had a bunch of good ones, mm-hmm. all part of the View Askew ver, uh, verse, you know. Yeah. With like, I mean, Clerks was amazing. Um, it's just, uh, and I mean, all the other ones that came out too. It's I just, know, I loved Dogma. Dogma, that's was my good. favorite. The yeah. favorite Kevin it's just Smith. the original Mallrats is just my favorite, man. Yeah, I just don't know why. Jay and um, Silent it's Bob. fun. It's so much fun. Uh, it, it's a real fun movie. I mean, I, I, I can probably watch it like all the time. It's like one of the movies where it's just like, oh, Mallrats is on. Okay, yeah, yeah. that that movie 
uh, was a lot like Men in Black, where they had like all these subplots that they just completely scrapped and re-edited the movie, like that, away from the original screenplay. Ends up being better. Um, there's, I I don't know if it's like a director's cut. There's an extended cut where they have all the extra sit, uh, shit that was was like a subplot involved w- with like the movie opens with um who's the fucking guy's got his hands in his pockets the whole movie and he's got like the Dawson's Creek haircut oh like, I know what you're talking about mm-hmm. he he's like on the roof of his high school or something talking to his girlfriend forever and there's like there's all these I forget exactly what it was but there's this whole fucking subplot they cut out movies better without it no oh, yeah no the movie starts out he tells this joke about how like like oh jeez I forget how it started I think it's like the one People where on like, like yeah everyone's in an airplane everyone's yeah. about to die everyone starts masturbating yeah. the plane corrects they land and then no one talks about it ever again yeah <laughs> it's just like the weirdest like way to talk about something <laughs> yeah and then it's just like up oh, and opening credits small rats <laughs> yeah and you're just like what I just love uh, Jason Lee's character. Oh, yeah. I love when he does the the, the pretzel thing with uh, very vigi- oh yeah the uh, stink the original with, vigilant uh, geek Michael Rooker yes yeah. yes it also uh, might be Stanley's first cameo I was gonna mention that as well Nathan very astute uh, <laughs> yeah Stan actually um, gave uh, all viewers of that movie a little insight as to uh, how he created some of his characters back then talking about how you know. Uh, Spider-Man and the Hulk uh, were, were uh, reflections of, of, of what different things he was going through at that point in his life, and he's given uh, not Jason Lee, but his, his, his buddy there. Uh, no, he was talking to Jason Lee. Was he talking Lee. to Jason Lee? He's, yeah. he's yeah. giving him advice. He was giving Brody, like, he, I guess... Brody, like, yeah. Uh, Jason London ended up paying... It turns out he paid Stan Lee to tell him to get Brody motivated to get his girlfriend back. Um, and then they, like, he told them all, like, oh, well, the Hulk with the, how I felt, like, so angry because my girlfriend left me for a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who works well, at the casual mail. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which then turns into Buttman and, and what yeah. have you from there. Right, right. What, <laughs> what's the, um, what's the Silent Bob line in that movie? It's, it's like, um, power. Something. I, I don't think he even said anything. He has in a that line. He, he has a line. It's like, it, it's like, um, you know, like money, power. A Jedi craves not these things. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. It's because he tried to grab the video and he tried yeah. using the mind trick. Yeah. And then it, Ethan it. Supley ends up oh, ramming he's, he's into the stage because he's mad about the yeah. sailboat. <laughs> and the tape jumps into his hand and he grabs it and he goes and he, he puts it in the... And then it's the sex tape with... Ben Affleck and he's like, "Huh, who's your favorite new kid, huh?" <laughs> I, I love when, and, yeah. When when I uh, call me Donnie, <laughs> he's he's like the kid's like, "It's a schooner," and he's like, "It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the kid's like, "A schooner is a sailboat," and then he's, and he's just like, like <laughs> no, Then he goes, "There is no Easter Bunny." <laughs> uh, I think they've already finished filming on the second one. They did really. They're making. Oh, they're making the sequel making, got bumped yeah. up because I guess they want to do a clerk sequel. Yeah, and that's how I found out there's going to be a clerk sequel because they said they were going to do the clerk sequel and then they backed it up because this is the only time where everyone's available to film yeah. the uh, the mall rat sequel. That's hmm. great. That's great. That it, that'll that'll be good. I don't know. Well, I just loved how like low brow like it was, and well, not I mean low budget really. 
But yeah. no, it was a low, because it was like that. Kevin Smith is probably solely responsible for introducing the intelligent yet uh, like lowbrow. Uh, sense of humor. I met him. That actually really is. Yeah, you have a good story. Yeah. I met him. No, let's hear it. The Provincetown Film Festival. I was doing like, uh, I don't know, my ex-girlfriend way back. You guys remember, but... Uh, oh, don't be like so hard six, on her. Six years ago. Uh, don't, don't be so hard on her. <laughs> saying she's an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't have to call her that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we volunteered at... Um, the, this film festival and Kevin Smith was doing like a special screening of Clerks and he was doing like a Q&A thing after so uh, I saw him outside after and I you know I didn't want to hassle him or whatever yeah. but uh, I just started talking to him about working with George Carlin because I was just like I was like I heard some Q&A stuff about how was it like working with George Carlin and I was like I was like yeah George Carlin's fantastic he's my favorite comic ever yeah. and I was just starting to get into comedy at that time like just starting out and um yeah, I had like a 20-minute conversation with Kevin Smith about George Carlin. <laughs> That's awesome. That is really awesome. It, it's it's awesome because there were no cameras there. There was no it wasn't like, "Oh, mm-hmm. got to look good." He he wasn't mm-hmm. at some convention at a booth or whatever. It was just a guy talking to someone. Yeah. He doesn't did not have to talk to you. He could right. have just fucking walked away, but he had a conversation with you. Yeah, it was, was like, awesome. "Oh, it's a He's genuine nice. man." Yeah. That's pretty cool. Very nice dude. So yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about more, uh, you, uh, we should probably come. move on to something else. Yeah, I'll, I'll but, just I mean, rattle off things, but yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you? Th- what let's do you think? Ta- let's tackle some sci-fi. What do you say? Okay, go for it. Uh, the first sci-fi flick that I have to address is my favorite sci-fi flick of all time, Blade Runner. Yeah, uh, I'm a Blade, Blade Runner. Which cut? <laughs> uh, honestly, um, I'm a fan of the final cut. Yeah. Uh, but the director's cut is very thought provoking. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, uh, they sort of hint towards Deckard being, uh, a replicant himself. Yeah. Um, which is neat. But I, of course, like the final cut just a, just a hair better. There's a little more action. So uh, as long as you don't say theatrical cut, I think everyone's happy. Yeah, no. The, definitely the, the final cut. Did you know they because they the studio really wanted like a film noir thing, and originally they were going to have that voiceover, but they decided to go without it, and that's the director's cut doesn't have the voiceover in it. Right. And uh, the the studio was like, no, we really want it. So the plan was um, Harrison Ford was going to just do a really bad job at doing the voiceover, so they couldn't use it because Harrison hmm. Ford was also against it. Uh, so he did a very bad job with the voiceover. And they kept it, and that—that's why the theatrical cut is so hard to watch. Yeah, well, at uh, least for me, I—I I no, hate, no, I hate the theatrical. I'm—I'm I'm with you on that. That was the first version that I had seen of Blade Runner, and it's actually interesting. When I first saw it, uh, I thought it sucked. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I don't understand yeah. why everyone loves this movie. It's—it's it's shit. Yeah, but then you know uh, I realize, all right, well, there's a director's cut, there's a final cut, and uh, different things do happen. Yeah, uh, and and then I watched them all, and I realized that you know both the director's cut and the final cut uh, are both very good. Uh, I do like Ridley Scott's, uh, you know, his his uh, perspective on how uh, 
you know, like I said, Deckard doesn't know that he's a replicant. A replicant meaning like an android. The whole, the whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, it, it's a whole uh, uh, almost precognitive in a way, a, a very uh, futuristic uh, movie about androids. Yeah, and about how. Uh, They've developed to a certain degree. They call them Nexus Sixes, where uh, they can do pretty much anything. Which is a cell phone now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's um, what happens. But but they, uh, what what uh, and I forget the name of the writer uh, who wrote the script, and I'm going to get into that in a second. Well, there's the author that it was inspired. Oh, by. Oh, the author. That's what I mean. Uh, uh, he wrote "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" Electric Philip Sheep. K. Dick. Yes, that is. Is that, that him? Is the guy? Okay. Total Recall. There's a lot of like classic sci-fi movies that he. Um, well, the he, well, there are a lot of short stories he did that inspired those films. Yeah, they were they were all like really short stories. Hmm. Minority well, the, Report was another one. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like a. Uh, well, the thing is, they they take ideas and then they. He was very political. He had a lot of um, extremely subversive content that. It's like, I well, I like the idea of you can go on like a little hologram vacation. So I'm just going to take that, and you can keep the rest. And, but they do make for good movies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm talking about Total Recall. Total right? Recall, yeah. which is also on my list. Yeah. yeah. Great, great sci-fi <laughs> action. But the interesting thing <coughs> about uh, Philip K. Dick uh, and his writings is they were almost precognitive in a way. Um, when, when you know, you have a situation like in Blade Runner where you have these androids that... Uh, can supersede anything that a human can do. Well, if you uh, listen to anything that Stephen Hawking has to say or some of the other big brains of our time, they have all sort of warned us, you know, artificial intelligence is going to reach a point where it's going to make humans obsolete, so much so where they're not... You know, in order to run a society, they're not going to need human beings mm. anymore, except maybe for slave labor. I don't know. So, the, <laughs> so bear with me on this. Yeah. Uh, I just found a video online of uh, an an- a-, a corporation who uh, built an android of Philip K. Dick, cool. and apparently said android. That's kind of mean. It, it's, <laughs> it's really mean. It's really <laughs> ironic. Uh, but you know, as we know, he's not alive anymore. But uh, they were somehow they were able to take his memories and uh, uh, program them into the android, and they uh, released a video of the android uh, speaking. Uh, and it looks and sounds exactly like Philip K. Dick, and it's saying it's telling us that you know within. 30, 40 years or something that, you know, uh, artificial intelligence is going to take over and uh, androids are going to be running things and there's going to be a people zoo and all this stuff. Well, I mean, if they programmed a lot of, like, what he wrote into into it, then... Yeah, AI doesn't be like, those are great ideas. (laughs) Yeah, these are... But um, it's just interesting to think about. Like, you got a guy who... And I mean... He wrote a lot of things, like in a way, sort of warning us about AI and warning us about yeah. technology. Well, same with like you know his 
all the Terminator stuff is the same type of. Well, I'm going to get into that too. Well, no, those were based on stories that were written by a very popular sci-fi author. Also, there, there was a whole lawsuit about it, and I, I'm forgetting the guy's name now. Um, but he he sued James Cameron because he was like, "You took my idea," and then James Cameron ended up, um, or the studio or whatever, paying out a lot because he took the guy's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, forget his name, but he's like. He's he's real like anti plagiarism. He's a he's a hero for because a lot of those sci fi authors, they they get paid dirt and then and then they get yeah. ripped off by Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, nope, not not me. <laughs> I forget the guy's name. I'll I'll look it up while you keep talking. Cool, cool. Um, so you know, uh, just a few other things about the film. It was extremely futuristic for its time. Uh, the set design was absolutely incredible. And in fact, Ridley Scott incorporated some of that set design from Blade Runner and also from, uh, the first alien flick in, uh, Prometheus, which came out, I think, three or four years ago. I never uh, saw that. I wish I... Harlan Ellison. Sorry. Harlan Ellison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just interesting. Like the reason why I really like these sci-fi flicks, particularly the ones that have to do with, uh, robotics and artificial intelligence and things like that is just, they're so pro, bleh, they're so thought provoking. Uh, and it's like, you know, we're going forward as a society, uh, with technology to try to make, uh, human lives easier so to speak but then at the same time there's always consequences for everything if you look at physics every action has an equal and opposite reaction well what's the catch you know you have these robots now that are capable of uh running a whole manufacturing facility without any humans uh doing a nurse's job in a hospital and all kinds of other things uh i mean how long before these machines can think for themselves and decide things for themselves. And it's just an interesting thing. I love thinking about it. Well, I, yeah, I think ultimately the value of of fiction, especially the kind of fiction we've been talking about, is that you, you learn these lessons. Like you, you, you learn these, um, these from the stories that these characters have been through. You kind of learn what right and wrong is. Like there, there's a lot of morality plays and stuff like that in, in cautionary tales. And it, if if you're like that's that's what you can draw from this beyond just being entertained. Because for the most part, that's why anybody's watching movies or reading books. But just to expand culturally, uh, if if we're if we're aware of Terminator and Matrix and stuff like that, when the time Wally. comes, yeah, Wally, <laughs> when, <laughs> when the time well, yeah, comes, yeah. we can stop and go. This is like fucking Terminator. We can't. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know? I mean, that's uh, no, why no, 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 don't do that. That's like Terminator. I, that's, that's where I, like I get mo- a lot of my political beliefs is is, is from like superheroes and, and just like like heroes in, in yeah. general. Morality like, tales, like yeah. um. Lex Luthor is a Republican. That's the, that's what oh, a, yeah. a Republican I, is. So that's why a lot of times when I when I see like Republican candidates, I'm like, sound like Lex Luthor. You <laughs> sound like Lex Luthor to me. Friggin', uh, I gotta tell you, Donald Trump is the Lex Luthor of our generation. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not a genius by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, 
Well, whatever. Yeah. Never mind, Holden. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, did you want to get into other movies? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, then, uh, you know, you get the classic uh, movie The Running Man where... All right, let's take I a look. I love Running Man. Oh, yeah. yeah everyone... That was based on a Stephen King story. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Stephen King wrote that. Uh, that novel, but, uh. And directed by one of, uh, either Starsky or Hutch. I forget which one. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> um, but anywho, um, this is an interesting concept because, I mean, take a look at, uh, all the reality TV that's gone on for the past couple decades now. And oh, yeah. people are addicted to it. Uh, it's become the latest craze for, especially, for people who don't necessarily want to engage their brain while watching the tube. Uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but regardless, um, it's, it's not that crazy of a concept to say, all right, in lieu of your life prison sense, sentence or whatever, or, or your death sentence for whatever you did for a crime, uh, we're going to put you in this game show where you have to go up against all these crazy people sub-zero and the di- dynamo or dynamite or whatever the heck the, the electrical guy was and buzzsaw and, yeah. and, and uh which one uh, was jesse ventura was uh, he- jesse ventura was the big one at the end like the big yeah. american hero guy yeah. i don't need any of this crap like <laughs> they try to put all this stuff on him yeah 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 that was awesome and and, and jesse ventura is great. you know as as a society it's not that crazy of a concept to think, you know, like, like there's, there's a lot of, there'd be a lot of backlash. You know, my brother always says, like, my mom watches all those, like, singing shit, like, uh, like, and, like, The Voice in yeah. American Idol. And my brother's like, this is, this is Running Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no difference between this and Running Man. It's like the exact, it's, he's like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, it really is. There's such a weird vibe about it that it's, like, exactly like. And once again, it's just one of those, like, almost precognitive, Almost, I don't say prophetic. Like, almost prophetic, exactly. Like uh, prosthetic, sci <laughs> sci fi stories, and uh, I just I love thinking about this stuff. Do you remember the game Smash TV, the arcade game? I don't. It was I very don't. much like Running Man. You really? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a very violent game show. They probably just couldn't get the rights to it. Yeah, they just so they just call it Smash TV. Yeah, but <laughs> it the, is a, uh, it is like a video game. That movie, like yeah. There's, what, what's bosses. that famous Schwarzenegger line? He's like, well, "Would you take my fist and ram it into your stomach?" <laughs> <laughs> it, what, do you remember? Oh yeah, is that I'll take my fist and ram it into your stomach? Ram it to your stomach. Spine. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's no, that that'll forever me. be one of my favorite cult classic sci-fi's. Uh, just real quick, I'll run through a few more of my favorites. Uh, obviously the Alien franchise. Yeah. Uh, they were, uh, what Ridley Scott was able to do with that is really give us the first, first real glimpse of like a really frightening creature from outer space. I, until those movies came out, I had not really seen, you know, uh, uh, an extraterrestrial that looked that menacing before, and it just it created such a cool horror element to that movie, especially at the end when Ripley's like the last woman standing, and uh, the ship's about to self-destruct, and the aliens still chasing her, and I mean, 
Such a great flick. And once again, uh, the set design uh, is is incredible oh, for yeah. its time. And he incorporated uh, that set design, some of that set design into uh, Prometheus as well. Right. Which uh, I believe is supposed to be like a prequel to the Alien uh, movies. It but almost it, is, but they fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the set design in in the um, in those is H. R. Giger or Geiger, or, hmm, you know, yeah, or, that German yeah. artist, mm-hmm. um, and he's I mean a lot it, of a lot of strange. I've I've seen yeah, some of his art books. Yeah, a lot of dildos. Yeah, a lot of weird bondagey looking stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, that was great about Alien is how grounded that future was. Like. The people in in on that ship, they they just felt like workers. You know, it wasn't like future people. They were just like I could know that person. You know? Yeah, like you know the, the engineers on board or the captain. Like they just they all they care about the whole time is getting paid. Yeah, you know. And then you get the uh, android on board. No one knows he's an android, and he's sneaking oh, the so that scene with the magazine. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But I mean, once again, another one of those movies was so ahead of its time and so that, cool. And then if, you know, you go further through the, like the movies and you realize that, you know, Ripley gets back to Earth finally and it's like, you know, so far into the future that like, you know, everyone she knows is now dead and the corporation's still thriving uh-huh. and the corporation doesn't believe a word she says. Yeah. She thinks that they think that she sabotaged the whole mission and, but then they, they realize that she's wrong. They call her back out. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. She goes back out to space with the Marines. You know, it, it's just, I love the series. The <laughs> director's cut of aliens is a much better movie only because it brings in a theme that's not in the original cut, which is in the director's cut, Ripley uh, sees that her daughter is, I don't know if she has died already, but she's like in her late 90s and she's never going to see her. She's never going to see her daughter. And uh, I think she's already passed and she's like an old lady. And uh, the the right. little girl that's with Ripley the whole time, it represents her opportunity to start again and, and, and be a mother. Yeah. Newt. Yeah, new. Nude, yeah. yeah. They they cut that all that daughter stuff out and so now it's just a little girl running around with her and it doesn't it doesn't have that symbolism. Why would you cut that? It took 30 seconds. I know. But why would you cut that out? It it, it makes it, the movie more valuable. Such crucial like uh piece of symbolism that, yeah. that you really should have kept in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um but once again, you know, uh, one of my favorite uh, sci-fi franchises, for sure. Uh, yeah, I just watched um, uh, Predator 2 was on TV oh, the other night. I love this one of my favorite <laughs> sequels ever. Oh, absolutely. And, Danny uh, Glover. And uh, at the end, I forgot about when he's in the ship and they have the skulls on the wall. One of them is an alien skull. Yeah. That's like, I, was like, I was like, what a cool little Easter egg that was for yeah. back then. You know? I, absolutely. That might have been the first anything like that ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Back then, it might have been a shot because I don't even think the two were even thinking about crossing over at the time. No. I think they might have just it's been just like, fun. "Predators are cooler." Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> what they were trying to alien, say. Yeah. yeah, predators are better than aliens. I, See, I know a dead. lot of um, a lot of horror directors like to uh, cross over their like main characters. Will have uh, posters of other horror directors in their room, like in Nightmare on Elm Street. She's watching Evil Dead. 
and in Evil Dead, they make a lot of references to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. Um, like the bones hanging from the ceiling and stuff. And yeah. They, there's like a lot of, they, like, it's almost grudges, like, oh, I can make a scarier movie than you. So they, they always poking fun at each other like that. But that's cool. In terms of like universes crossing over, I think this is the first time ever that, that's yeah. ever been done on, in a movie. Now, I'm not sure if, I mean, I'm not sure what came first. Uh, I think the, the, the comic book crossover from Dark Horse might have come first. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that uh, there was Alien versus Predator in the graphic novel Medium, and then it made it to the, to the silver screen later Ugh. on. I almost yeah. feel like it, it happened tough? on Super Nintendo first. Yeah, there was that game. There was an arcade game, too. Um, okay. I, I the only reason that. I know about it is, is because I have like this cabinet with all these, these ROMs. And there's an Alien vs. Predator. I've never seen it in an arcade before. Huh. But it is an it arcade exists, game. It yeah. exists somewhere. Hmm. And cool. it's kind of fun. Well, cool. The game's pretty sweet. It's kind of like uh, Streets of Rage. And you got these different Predator yeah. characters that you can huh. use. And uh, you just beat up aliens. That has <laughs> to have been a port of the Predator game. Because the, the arcade game. Because it's like the same thing. Side-scrolling. Yep. Beat them up. Beat them up, beat them up. Beat them up. Alrighty. Alright, I guess uh, one last sci-fi franchise that we absolutely need to tackle, especially after this summer, uh, would be Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Um, once again, one of my top, top favorite sci-fi franchises. You have, uh, well, we start from the beginning. You have, uh, you know, uh, a, a dystopian future yet again, uh, except in this case... Uh, Everything's a, a wasteland, and uh, gasoline seems to get well, gasoline and water, but especially in the first one, it's gasoline. Yeah, it's just like the Those real anything for it. Yes, it's, it's just the commodity that that everyone just will, will kill over. Yeah. Um. So you have uh, you have Max. He's a cop, uh, and his family is murdered by these. Uh, I don't know what you'd call them, like, like tribal gang or like mutant gang or yeah, just like punks, like uh, hey, punk like street a, toughs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know they're, they they're riding the dirt bikes and the dune boogies and everything, and it's really cool. And and when this when, when this came out, there was nothing like it, and uh, very low production value, especially in the first one. But it worked. Uh, it was all filmed in Australia. Uh, it was that, Mel Gibson's big. Big breakthrough, pretty yeah. much. Did you know the original um, re- U.S. release of that has all of the voices dubbed over in, in American English with American accents? I didn't know that. Yeah, because they they thought we wouldn't understand or wouldn't be it'd be harder to sell to us or something like that. Huh. Um, Strange that that yeah it was di- written and directed by George Miller, mm-hmm. who was a successful doctor. And he just took his doctor money and was like, I want to be a filmmaker. <laughs> there you and go. Just, and just became a filmmaker. Just like Wes Craven was a teacher. He was a school teacher. He wanted he to do like, something noble. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, he was like in his 30s too. He, he He's was just, like, you know, wasting his life away teaching kids. And he yeah. wanted to make a difference in the world. So he decided to become a <laughs> yeah. filmmaker. So he made a rape flick. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was his first movie, Last House on the Left. Just a, a rape flick. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
lost my train of thought. Well, Mad Max. We were talking about Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Those um, are great. But the best one is Road Warrior. Oh, the Road well, Warrior. Well, actually, yeah. I, I think Fury Road might be the Well, Fury Road was just the best. It was the best movie I saw uh, this summer. Probably yeah. this year. Maybe the best movie I've seen in a few years. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I'm very partial to the Marvel movies and stuff, too, but... Damn, was that such a cool movie. Yeah. You know, it kicks off, he's fucking, he's by himself again, he's got the Interceptor, and he gets kidnapped, and uh, they're using him as a quote-unquote blood bag, which yeah. I love. You know, they get them t- get him tied to the, to the front of the car, and, uh, you know, uh, I thought that Charlize Theron played an awesome role as, like, a real strong female character in Furiosa. Uh, she's so good. She kind of... Well, she's she, great. At, at this point, Mac, uh, Max has gone so mad at this point uh, in Fury Road. It's like a rabid dog. He hardly even talks. Yeah, he, uh, he, 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 he almost can't talk anymore. Yeah. And it's like she, she is the one that sort of helps him maintain enough sanity to get through what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just love this series. Even beyond Thunderdome, which, you know... The first half is amazing. The first half is amazing. The second half is a sleeper. Uh, and that's, you know, it takes place in Barter Town with Tina yeah. Turner. And the whole whatnot. premise of, of the Thunderdome, uh, like two men enter, one man leaves, all that. That's so much fun. And Master Blaster. Master Blaster. Yeah, yeah. I love all that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, then later in the movie, and Tina Turner turns uh, and becomes, you know, shows her true colors and everything. And I don't know. Um, I can't say anything bad about any of those movies. But, uh, you know, I think if I had to choose a favorite, it would be a toss-up between The Road Warrior and Fury Road. Uh, I'm going to have to watch Fury Road about 10 or 15 more times, of yeah. course. But, yeah. Um, the, the thing um, that I've noticed it. Because I've revisited a bunch since I saw Fury Road, Road Warrior has, has surprisingly a lot of humor in it. Um, Fury Road, not so much. Like there's parts where you smirk and it's crazy, and it's definitely not like it. It's not. It, it winks a lot, you know, at, at the audience. But Road Warrior's got like some some intentionally uh, comedic timing throughout the. You know, throughout the movie, just like straight out jokes and characters, it's it's a lot funnier than the little sidekick he's got. The, uh, oh, the little it, feral kid, y- yeah, you know, he becomes the president of the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that adds for some comic relief too. Absolutely, um, yeah. Uh, can't say enough about Mad Max. Uh, good stuff there. So, um, gentlemen. Uh, Let's change gears one more time, if we could, before we end, and uh, let's uh, let's talk about something else, a different genre. It's <laughs> uh, a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think we should uh, have Mark on another time because we got a lot of movies, and then that way we can just go more in depth about, uh, about yeah, these if you other do, genres. Like, another movie episode, I'll pop. Oh, in well, we, can... certainly will. Yeah. we certainly will. Yeah, we certainly will. All right. Well, in that case, um, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Vigilant Geek Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me, as always, is... Holden Orm of Vigilant Geek Media. 
And we want to thank Nathan Burke, owner and operator of Hotcast Studios. Hotcast Studio. If you are an aspiring podcaster looking to conduct your own podcast, contact Nathan Burke at nburke18 at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at I am Nathan Burke or at Hotcast Studio. Yeah, or www.hotcaststudio.com. You got anything you need to plug, Mark? I might be starting a podcast. Like I, restarting? I, <laughs> restarting a podcast. I, I don't know. Like I, I could just fall out, but I, it, it's called Popcorn Breath. And very weird shit that I've been doing with it. So. <laughs> oh, well, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I can't wait to have a listen. Uh, Mark, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. Mark Gallagher, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Who's also a New England stand-up comedian. Uh, I've seen him perform. Very, very funny. Both these guys are hilarious. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you illuminating us with your knowledge of film. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and as always, stay, stay vigilant. vigilant.